and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, and thanks for joining us for one more week. We are back. How are you, Regan? I'm good, Kat. How are you? I am good. At the risk of sounding like I'm always complaining, I am full of cold. I've had puking kids this week. Jimmy's still on tour, but I've still got a smile on my face and I am grateful for everything every day. I just keep saying that to myself. I'm grateful for everything every day. (laughs) Puking kids are the worst. I actually find (sighs) puking kids are the worst because once they puke, you typically have to do like the 24-hour hold on school, even if it's like not consistent puking like if it's just like a one-off puke that like knocks you back for 24 hours well here it's 48 hours like if they puke you're not supposed to send them in for 48 hours I'm gonna be honest I didn't I took her off for a day and I didn't tell them it was because she was sick and then I sent her back the next day because she'd only puked once and I knew it was just like something she'd eaten rather than a virus yeah so I was like you know what she's she's gonna go back but if Nursery's listening. She didn't puke. She was fine. She just was a bit of a fever. Well, um, I think if you yeah. have a lack of fever and a lack of multiple pukes, that should be enough. 48 yeah, hours was, is a long time. It's a, let me, let me, from me to you, it's a really fucking long time. Um, but she went back and she was fine. I think she just had a dodgy fish finger, to be honest. I think that was the problem. Ew, dodgy fish fingers are the worst. But there was the thing was there was no... Um, there was no clues that this was going to happen. So she just called me in the middle of the night saying she couldn't find a dummy. And I went in to find her dummy, gave it to her. Well, found it, went to wash it off because it had been under the bed, a bit dusty. Went to wash it off. By the time I got back, she was just like puking on the bed. Oh. And you know when you can't catch it? And she would like puke and move and puke and move. And then I'm catching puke in my hands. It's, I find it fascinating, the stuff that you catch with your hands as a mum that you would have never in your life thought you would have caught in your hands. Um, the amount of times, and I swear in my life, that I have just got my fingers and wiped snot with oh, yeah. my hands off their face. In fact, I remember a time when she was a baby and she was so congested. And you know those sucky, sucky things that yeah. you put one end in the nose and you say, I could not get it to work for the love of God. So in a moment of desperation, if you're eating food, you might want to stop now, guys. In a moment of desperation, I just put my mouth over her nose and sucked it into my mouth and spat it out. Well done. I think that's a massive, like, mommy win. Right? But do you know what? My parent of the year award never fucking came. Dicks. Dicks. It must be lost in the post. Because apparently, according to Leanne, 30% of all things (laughs) are lost lost in in the the mail. (laughs) So now that we've discovered that, shall we get a wriggle on? Yeah. Let's do Keeping Up with the Kardashians. All about the cultural appropriation this week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, do you know what? I I got a feel for Kim on this. Not because I think she was right. She, she made a mistake. But I yeah. think that that's what she did. Like, we've all made silly mistakes. And yes, she should have maybe picked up on it. And yes, she, But I don't think that she went through this without checking this stuff out. I just think nobody picked up on it. No, um, I totally agree with you. I was kind of shocked that nobody in all of these meetings were like, maybe we should, you know, just double check with, I don't know, the Japanese embassy. Like, is this offensive? Educate us on this. Because the moment I heard that it used to be kimono, I was like, ooh, that can't be good. And I'm not even in those creative, like, 
yeah. group meetings. Like, I'm, I'm pretty shocked that nobody picked up on it. I mean, obviously, it was a massive mistake, but, but it does is, surprise me. But I think it's like anything, isn't it? Like, it was a mistake, but that's what it was. She's not a dick. Right. She's not an awful no. person. She's not, she's not a racist. She just made a mistake. And as somebody who has also made mistakes quite publicly online sometimes... You don't do it because you sit there and go, oh, how can I offend as many people as I possibly can today? You do it because you don't think or you're thoughtless or you drop it for a beat. But that's all it is. It doesn't make you a terrible person. So, and credit to her, like she fixes this shit and she hears it and she's like, we can't do it. We have to do something else. Absolutely. I wrote the exact same thing down. Like I loved her. She was like, why would I ever intentionally hurt anybody? That's just not who I am. And she was like, and this needs to change. Like when she got the letter from the mayor, I think of of Kyoto, she was just like, right, it's done. We need to come up with a different name. And I really respect her for doing that. And, you know, in my opinion, when you make one of those mistakes, as long as you're just open and honest and you fix it as fast as you can, like that's all that we as a public can ask for, right? Like you made a mistake, you fix it, you move on. Well, and I think people feel like an apology weakens their weakens their argument, weakens their reputation. And actually, I just wish how much people would realize that it does the exact opposite. Like if somebody stands up and says, I really fucked up and I'm sorry, but I'm going to fix it. I I can't yeah. think of anything that makes me respect somebody more. L- nothing. I totally agree. Like, that's a way for a brand to, like, solidify my following. It's a fu- For me, it's a fucking yeah. opportunity for a brand. It is an opportunity for a brand and an individual to go, look, we have a real chance to show how awesome we are now. Let's own it. Let's put it right. And people will respect that. Absolutely, because at the at the end of the day, you just made a mistake. Yeah, that's it. And we also, you know it. what? I think Skims is better name anyway. Oh, I totally agree. I think it's it's genius. It still has her name in there. It's the one syllable thing that she said she really likes, and yeah, we- I think it sounds far better. I mean, I think it does what it says on the tin, right? Yeah. Like that's what you want names to do. It's clever and it's Kit. It's got Kim in it. It's you know, it's smart, and I think actually it was a blessing in disguise. Everybody's, yeah. everyone's a winner with skims. Yeah. Um, and We've got a Chloe's OCD issues in this um, episode. I found really, really interesting because I, um, I know that there's a lot of talk from people who have been diagnosed OCD and they get really, really frustrated when people who are just obsessively tidy and clean go, Oh, I've got OCD. Cause actually it's not, the same thing. OCD is actually kind of a, a mental anxiety illness right. that, uh, that you know, people sometimes get a bit flippant about. But with Chloe, I thought it was really interesting because I think when you think about everything that she's been through recently and having a baby and Tristan and all of that stuff, it is not surprising that what used to be kind of a quite fastidious nature to keeping her house clean and tidy could perhaps have been ramped up to something more. And it did seem a little bit a lot. Oh, I totally agree. I wrote down that I think her issues stem from just needing some sort of control in her life. And these are things that she can control and she can control the way this looks and the cleanliness of this. And it makes her feel safe. It is a hundred percent I mean, that explained it to me in in my own head. Like, I 
100% get it. I love her therapist, by the way. I thought she was really great and super patient. And I think she's definitely given her some tools to kind of just calm down a little bit and find like a feeling of peace from within versus from the stuff that's outside. Well, and I really recognized myself in a lot of what Chloe was going through because you'll, I mean, you will know that I'm pretty yeah. um, fastidious about my shit. <laughs> like, like my poor husband, good God love him, has put up with me being so unreasonable. And it's really only, and when I hear her saying things like, well, I don't think of it as a problem. I just think of it as being organized. Like if it's not a problem for me, <laughs> why is it a problem for right. everybody else? Um, like I, I have said those exact words, and actually, I didn't have therapy because I, I mean, because I'm, I'm not a Kardashian. But um, what happened for me was I just literally got to a point I was so busy and so overwhelmed that that was the stuff that naturally had to slide, and it right. really bothered me, and I really struggled with it. But now, I guess I did my own exposure therapy. Now I yeah. kind of go to it, and yes, I much prefer it when everything is in its place, and I'm much more relaxed. But now I realize that my kind of peace doesn't depend on it. And that actually sometimes if I can let it go, I can be peaceful anyway. Yeah. And I think for me, when I was watching it, that's what I was thinking of. Like this sense of peace comes at the cost of something else. Like because you only have so many things that you can do throughout the day, throughout your week and what have you. And for me, sometimes I'm like, would I rather the house be tidy? 100%. Would I rather spend this time cuddling with my kid on the couch? That's going to win versus doing the dishwasher. Because if it's just, you know, one of you or, you know, one person for a period of time, like you just have finite time. That's just a fact. So for me, it's all about choosing those things that are going to feed your soul versus cleaning the house. But it's interesting because I really, like you could see that it was, yes, that I think there was definitely a problem there that Chris was right, needed addressing, But what also fascinated me was that Chris had passed this on to Chloe. And you only have to look at everybody, all the other kids' houses, to know that this this has come from Chris. Um, Yeah. And my mum was the same, like super neat and tidy. The house came before anything else. Um, Yeah. So it's really interesting thing, the impact of what you do on your kids. Right. Can you hear my cat screaming? Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Um. No, I, I agree with you. My mom was not because she was a single mom and she worked two jobs and, you know, some things just had to kind of slide. So I think that's probably where I get my natural tendency to let it slide. Um, my dad was opposite. My dad was a Marine. So everything like had its place. He had like five bowls, five cups, five forks. So like <laughs> that that's how he lived his life. Um, so I definitely didn't, you know, get that from him. But I think, you know those two kind of created the monster, which is Reagan. So, but we love that yeah. monster. That's Reagan. <laughs> she's got her good moments. Defo. Um, yeah. And then of course, I think the big news this, this time around was obviously the candy party. And we did do, um, a poll on it for Instagram team kit. I'm really sorry about the cat. I thought letting him in, it's fine. Shut him up, but it didn't. <laughs> um, and we did a poll, Team Kim or Team Courtney, and it was over. I can't tell you because my iPad for some reason hasn't charged, but it was overwhelmingly Fine. Team Kim, if not completely Team Kim. Absolutely. I mean, Courtney seems, 
I think this is Courtney's control stuff. Like I think the food and the cleanliness is kind of her issue, like where she finds the greatest control. And ultimately she feels she's doing the best for her kids, which we all do. But I think there's a real sense of no moderation. Like it's one way or this way. It's not occasionally. Um, Sometimes you just splurge occasionally and you pay for it later, but you know, these are memories for these kids. And this is what North and Penelope wanted. Like that was their vision. Well, and I think that's the thing. Like also it's still a choice. You can have the candy there. And if, if parents don't want their kids to eat too much of it, then you just don't let them eat too much of it. Like, right. For me, it was like a non-issue. And I just felt like Courtney can be such a fun sucker. Like, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, just take the stick out of your ass have a McDonald's and chill the fuck out. Well, she also makes it deeply personal. Like, it's just a party. Like, you need to calm down. It's not about someone's vibe or, you know, their their soul. Like, it's just a fucking birthday party. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, I think my favorite line was when Kim was like, make me a fucking pinata with your face on it. And I was like, Kim, <laughs> and fill I it with you. all the e numbers and candy dye that you can. <laughs> yeah, just sugar. I just want pure sugar pouring out of that into the mouths of children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously in the end, Courtney completely does a U turn. Like, yeah, fine, we'll have the party. And then Kim does another U turn, going, "Well, that was a terrible idea. Why did we do right. that?" <laughs> And I should have knocked both their fucking heads together and go, just sort this shit out, please. Right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you have a sister. I only have brothers. Like, is that just the sister relationship to where, like, you'll bring up something that may be wrong, you'll kind of fight about it, you'll come to a conclusion, and then maybe see each other's side of the story afterwards? Yeah, I mean, we just like you just like a good fight every now and again. You just like to disagree. Yeah. Because never in a million years you sit down with your sister and go, oh, I totally agree, I feel exactly, that doesn't happen. <laughs> No. That's not why That's you That's a best a friend thing. Yeah. No. That's what I have you for. Yeah. Can you imagine me and my sister doing this podcast? It would no. be horrendous. I mean, we'd be bringing, we'd be fighting. Right. Be awful. It would be fun to listen to, though. Maybe we need to get her on one time. I tell you what, though, I did feel for Sharon, Sharon Sachs, the party planner. Oh. I really felt for her. Like, I thought she handled it like a champ. But man, being between Kim and Kourtney Kardashian on the payroll, absolutely not a position you do not want to be in. No, but I'm sure she kind of knows all this because she's done a lot of their parties. So I'm sure a lot of this was just kind of like, it's another day at the office. At least I'm getting paid. (laughs) Well, I was about to say, and they're probably probably paying her a pretty penny. So it's not a problem. Absolutely. Um, Sorry, I'm having a... You know, that whole pro- really professional podcast thing. I'm having, <laughs> I'm having hardware issues. No, I, that's been the theme of the day. My ring light's gone out, so my yeah. face is all dark in the video. So, and By the way, ring light you know. is not a euphemism. No, it's not. Not this time. Uh, um, shall we head to Atlanta? Yes. Where um, we've got pride going on, and finally Nini makes a reappearance. Finally. I mean, this is what, this is the third episode in this season and Nini finally makes her appearance um, through the role of her and Greg being American Cancer Society ambassadors. And I feel like we're being set up to accept that there is a new Nini in the house, um, that we have a Nini 
that is willing to kind of work on her differences and accept responsibility for things. We've yet to see it because I don't think it yeah. really didn't really get no. a chance, maybe. But um I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm here for it if that's what's gonna happen. If absolutely. I feel like maybe she's learned a lot about herself through this time with Greg having cancer. And I think she's doing a lot of healing. She's waiting to see how things go with him. And we'll just see. We'll just see if this new Zen Nini is going to be the theme of the season. I have my doubts, but I think we'll see it more next week. Yeah, I think we all have our doubts. But also, I I kind of hope not because Nini's fire is is obviously part of the reason why Atlanta is so successful and why she's right. she's still there 12 years later. Um, yeah. So I sort of hope that, yes, she is less stressful on f- just for her own sake, but I really right. hope there's some drama. I mean, she's the Bethany Frankel of Atlanta, right? Yeah. I mean, she's dipped out, she's come back in, you know, she's done that a couple of times. So, but you need a fiery woman to really drive a franchise. And Atlanta is definitely not hurting for that either. So maybe if this is the season where Nini takes a little bit of a step back, there's plenty of fire Well, I mean, elsewhere. We've, we've still got Kenya and Porsche's pretty fiery. And um, yeah. in fact, I thought it was interesting at the beginning, we got a little bit more insight into Porsche and she went to see, is it Ta- not Tanya? Tan- is it Tanya? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm like with names. Um, And I thought it was really interesting that Dennis has been kind of trying to justify his affair, which is just laughable anyway, by saying that during her pregnancy, she was emotionally unavailable. And it's such, it's such a dick move. Totally. And he had her convinced, I mean, convinced enough that she goes back to her phone to look at pictures of them around the dates this is happening. And she was like, I don't know, like maybe it was. And then she was like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. I mean, and the then fact- like starts showing her all the pictures of them, like getting a dog and them doing this together. She's like, I was right there. But the fact that she Fuck even him. needed to, to check, I mean, yeah. even if she had been emotionally unavailable, she's growing a motherfucking human being. Right. Like I, we've both done that twice and it's exhausting. And yes. I'm sorry if for a few months, my husband doesn't get like the fucking foot rubs and the blowjobs that he wants. But I'm growing a human. Yeah. And it's a like, lot. Time, like maybe it's time for you to give her the foot rubs and the oral sex that she needs whilst being pregnant and growing your child. Here, here, Reagan <laughs> More foot rubs and glitty licking for pregnant ladies. Sorry, it was the Absolutely. first euphemism that came to mind and I realized it was the worst one. <laughs> Can only apologize. No, I, qu- I quite enjoyed it. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, I I also really like that she is saying, you know what? I'm going to continue therapy on my own to try to work through this. It doesn't necessarily need to be with him or for him. Yeah, I mean, I think coming back from a betrayal and affair like that is hard enough as as it is. But to to come back from it when you know that your husband's done it at your most vulnerable time, I I just don't think that I could do it. And I've always said, actually, if Jimmy was to have like, not necessarily a fair, but if he was to shag around, you know, for whatever, then I could probably figure out a way around it, you know, depending on the circumstances. Right. But even if he did it when I was pregnant, I just, I just don't know if I could get over it. 
I don't think I could either. I mean, I think it's it's a gut punch, right? Like yeah. it's taking advantage of you when you are probably at your weakest mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, questioning all of your life choices, especially with your first kiddo. Yeah, she's I mean, this oh, we've talked about having your first child yeah. before. It's it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but not only that, but to know not only to have the affair during the pregnancy, but also then to to leave her on her own when she's suddenly got right. this new baby is just, I don't think that's resentment you can come back from. No, because I think it makes you question everything. Like you have decided to start a family with this person. Yeah. So you do. And then he treats you like this. Like I would find it very hard to believe that anything was real about yeah. that. Like what was he really saying this to me? Was he thinking this instead? Like I just think it would question it would make you question everything and that would be a really hard thing to come back from. Yeah, I agree and I and I think she's handling it like a champ, but I think you can see she's really hurt and I think it was real for Portia. I I do think the dentist totally. thing for her was really real. Um Yeah. Even though it was quick and it was fast, I think for her it was real. So I do feel for her, but I also am not worried about her because I feel like she's no. got this. I feel like she's got a good head on her shoulders. Um, she's got good support. And and honestly, I think she deserves better than Dennis. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, another questionable coupling um, is uh, Mark and Kenya, who we see a lot more of Mark this episode than I think we have ever yeah, I yeah, no, definitely. I think this was Mark's episode. And I think what it did for me, and I'm sure it probably did for you as well, is really ha- really bring out a lot of empathy in me for Kenya because I I don't like him. I think he's no. controlling. And I think for her, he's absolutely for her and her kind of emotional vulnerability, he's absolutely the wrong person for her. In fact, it's quite a dangerous pairing, I think. No, I totally agree. I wrote down um, unrealistic expectations on probably both of their sides, but I feel like she is trying so hard yeah. to make to be perfect and to have this like perfect life and make everything perfect for him and he just like can't let shit go. Like there weren't any fucking eggs in the fridge. Like, well, you're a grown man. Drive to the store. Go get some fucking eggs. Yeah. Or also, call DoorDash and have them deliver a breakfast. Or just don't be a dick or, and just have right, some eat the pancakes. Or pancakes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't make her feel yeah. like she's failing because this woman is bending over backwards. And actually, I think she's bending over backwards way too far. Too much. And she's yeah. trying to be what she thinks she should be. And the problem is, because of what happened with her mum, I feel like she's so fearful of being abandoned and rejection that she is willing to be to jump through the hoops to take the abuse to take the the beat the emotional kind of beatings Mm -hmm. and just let him get away with it and i think he fucking knows it he turns up every seven to ten days she cooks him breakfast she looks after him he gives all of his attention to brooklyn and then he fucks off again which, I mean, how shitty must that make you feel? Like, it's your first year of having a baby. You're, again, those unrealistic expectations that you've gone into, you know, in your brain about how momming is going to be, how you're going to be as a wife, how you're going to be as a working mother. I mean, those are hard things to figure out, and nobody has them figured out the first year, maybe not even the second year. And he's 
100% taking advantage of that and making her feel shitty and kind of brushing her aside and putting Brooklyn into the role where your wife should be. I 100% agree with Kenya that your wife should be number one because the relationship between the two of you impacts that child so much that if you did really care about Brooklyn as much as you say you do, you'd make time for her mother and try to work out that relationship. Listen, I mean, it's no secret. Like, if you read my blog, it's no secret that my relationship suffered hugely after the birth of our first one. And in fact, we didn't really realize it until maybe four years later, like Mm -hmm. four or five years later. But that first year was so damaging on our relationship because my husband, not out of, not really, nothing like Mark, who's kind of a control freak, right. because I suffered from postnatal depression. So I was really incapable. Like I didn't really want, I mean, I did look after her, but I didn't really want to. And it was very difficult. So when Jimmy was home from tour, he would just take her because he thought that that was helping me. And, right, right. And as much as it did, it also left me feeling very left out, Lonely. very isolated, yeah. very... And you know what? Jealous. And Kenya talks about that. And she says, I feel a little jealous. And it sounds petty, but it's it's a real feeling because if you get nothing from your husband and and they get everything. And it's really difficult because you don't want to be that woman that's like, well, what about me? I'm jealous of my baby. I'm jealous of my baby, right? Who says that? But it's a, it's a really valid feeling. And I, and I really applauded her for saying that because it's not easy. I took me four years to be able to say that to Jimmy and a fuck ton of therapy. So I really appreciated that. And I, I did really feel for her. And I do think that Mark, I, I, I don't like the cut of his jib at all. No, I I think it's a very different jib than a kind, caring, loving partner, husband, wife, whatever. He he's not he's not made of that jib. No, he's got bad jib. He's got bad jib, <laughs> bad yeah. jib all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's crazy jib. Um, but yeah, I I mean I don't love Kenya as a kind of you know as a character. She's not. The right. warmest one, I find her terrifyingly emotionally unstable. But but I do really feel for her in this situation. And I worry that it could become the kind of situation because she's not in that place. Imagine you've got a six-month-old. Right. Like you are you have no idea what you're you think you do, you think you've got it six months, but fuck me, yeah. you're still so far in the deep, thick, dark fucking swamp of new mother. Absolutely. And she doesn't know. And I I just looked at her and I thought, God, I was there with postnatal depression trying to pretend that everything was fine and I just hope that she's okay because that it just really touched a lot of buttons for me absolutely um but yeah I'm interested to see how long how present Mark is in this season well I've heard I've heard rumors and I think uh I don't I don't specifically know where I heard them from. I'm just going to use like Candy's mom. So the word on the street, what I heard on the, the street is, yeah, that we really see a breakdown of their relationship throughout this season. And that once you kind of finish the season, you you understand why their relationship doesn't work. And I mean, I think we could say that from this episode alone, like priorities are very out of whack and somebody is being pretty mean to the other. And it's actually, it's not Kenya. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll we'll move on. I mean, Cynthia and Nini, I think, is probably a conversation for next week. Absolutely. I did yeah. love Cynthia's 
comment where she was like, you know, don't throw her under the bus. I mean, she is the bus. Like, I loved that she was calling <laughs> Nini the bus. I used that line about somebody else this week, and I really, right, right. really enjoyed it. Um, Gotta love reality TV for really putting your thoughts into, like, perfectly formed little snippets. And also for giving you great one-liners. Absolutely. I shamelessly steal these women's lines and don't even credit them. Fuck them. That's all right. Yeah. I think it's fine. I don't think you're the only one. So, Below Deck... Below deck, where we hear, uh, we meet Ashton's alter ego, Schmashton. Which, again, listen, it fucks yeah. me off. Stop being a dick. It's like Joao and what was his, jo- I can't even remember, I don't give a shit. But no, it's not it didn't okay matter. to behave like a dick when you're drunk and go, and no. this really like cute shoulder shrug, like, it's Schmashton. No, it's not. It's you and you're being a cock. Yeah. As well are the guests on this episode. Yeah. These guests are horrific. The are. words coming out of their mouths just shock me. Me too. It was, it, they were disgusting. And I felt that there was a lot of, actually, the theme kind of th- for this was that kind of inappropriate behavior, mostly from men to women, but also a little right. bit from that female guest to Ashton, who's just perving on him all the time. But it right. isn't quite the same because there's, an inherent power difference in that relationship mm-hmm. as there is to like the male female relationship. But just the way, just the way Smashton doesn't even Smashton, even I'm fucking calling <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just the way Ashton doesn't even say sorry to Kate. Yeah. Like yeah. I know she's not seething and I know she's not like calling, you know, hashtagging no. me too everywhere. Right. Right. She'd probably have she a could. bit of a right to, <laughs> but you still say, I'm really sorry that I stuck my tongue down your throat because I realized that you didn't it was you didn't really yeah. ask me to. It wasn't an invite. There was no pre-tonguing no. chat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you it's called? You just kind of shoved it in there. Pre-tonguing chat. Pre-tonguing chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I get it. She's a cool girl and she's not going to cause a scene, but just say yeah. you're sorry. Like, just right, go, sorry, right. dude. I was, it was a bit icky. Shouldn't have done that. I mean, just be a human. Just be a human. Human, human decency. I don't want you to have to think like a woman. I'm not asking you to change who you are. Just when you do wrong, you apologize and it's totally fine. I mean, if he'd landed that kiss on me, I would have need him in the bollocks. Yeah. I mean, he's lucky that that, that he, it wasn't you. He's, he is lucky that it wasn't me because I would have <laughs> need him in the bollocks, given him a Chinese burn, pulled a wedgie and stolen his dinner money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, he kind of went down in my estimations and I, I'm sure he'll come back up because all in all, I think he's a good guy. But it was I really a want him to go. Right. I think without recognizing that he's a dick when he drinks, I'm going to struggle with Ashton. Yeah, I think all of the episodes where they're out drinking will probably trigger this for you as well. And probably other people like, just don't be a, you know, don't be an asshole, Ashton. And, you know, until that really clicks for him, we'll probably see more of it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I am probably more triggered, but it just pisses me off. Yeah, and we see um, Simone really having a thing for Tanner, which I'm intrigued about because we discussed this the last week and you thought, no, but I, I think this feeling is reciprocated by Simone and I think she quite fancies Tanner. Well, I oh, so I think Simone has always fancied Tanner. I'm just not sure whether Tanner fancies Simone. 
No, you said last week the opposite, that like he was starting to have a thing for her. You thought she was too smart for him and that she probably wouldn't have it. And then we see in this episode that actually she quite fancies him. Oh, I think what I meant was, but I was phenomenally hungover last week. Okay, maybe that, we're going to blame the booze. Let's blame the booze. But I think what I meant was that he wasn't going to reciprocate it and that was okay because she was too smart for him anyway. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe I got the wrong end of the stick. I mean, that suits me better, but it it, it, <laughs> it could be either. It's fine. Um, the thing is, what I do think is going to happen is I think Simone has kind of fought, like, she's falling hard for him. Yeah. And I think he's probably going to shag her. Well, we know he's going to go down on her because that was in the trailer. Yeah. Lucky, lucky girl. But I Well done, Tanner. I mean, you know know. what? Giving it up before getting it, I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, I do too, but I think it's sad that we have to. Yeah, yeah. But yes, you are Um, right. But I think he's going to drop her like a hot potato. Yeah, probably. But I'll have to say, my estimation of Simone went a little bit down in this episode. Because we see her consistently asking to do more service and then not doing service. Well, I thought it was interesting because... It seemed very much like confidence. And I know that, because she's 25, mind you, that's still, that's older. Right. But I think it can be quite intimidating when you're working in these very high profile, um, with these very high profile guests to kind of go up and chat the chat and be that person. It's quite, it's it's like being on a stage and going in and, and you know, putting on a performance. So I think that's right. what she struggles with in terms of service is like that performance element of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Other than when we see her and Tanner just kind of chatting on like the back deck and nobody looking after the guests. Like, I think at first it was that way. And then like Kate kind of worked with her a little bit on it. And then we kind of see a blatant disregard. Yeah, I for agree. The, for the guests in that part. Yeah. I mean, I it doesn't make her a bad person. I just, you know... I She definitely needs to build up her confidence a little bit more to get stronger on service. And I hope she has the like the willingness to do it because I didn't see that. I don't feel like I saw the willingness to learn. Yeah. I felt like maybe her lack of confidence overshadowed that. I don't know. No, I agree. And I think as well that Tanner's a distraction for her right now. And Totally. And I get it. Maybe like, that won't happen. He's, he's cute and he's tall. Um, and I, I mean, I'd be distracted by him as well. I'd rather hang out with him and, you know. Oh, and, Yeah. Serve and serve people? Um, 100%. But I also think Kate's really taking the time and the effort with her crew. She's really playing to their strengths, giving them a chance to learn. She's, I mean, the fact that Simone has been working on yachts for a year and cannot open a bottle of wine. I mean, even if you've not been working on yachts, the fact that oh, Simone yeah. is 25 and cannot open a bottle of wine, to me, feels off. Oh, I mean, it's wrong on so many levels. Like, how have have you not ha- had wine? I mean, are there twenty five year olds that have never had wine or had to open a bottle of wine? I, not in my life. No, I mean, not in my life. And I know she doesn't drink very much, but my husband doesn't drink. He could still open a bottle of wine. Yeah, I yeah. find it very odd. But we'll see. I mean, I was with you. She kind of went down a little bit for me, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe she just needs a little bit of the Tanner love, and then she'll be back on track. Yeah, I mean, maybe once he gives her a little the uh, little the old in out with the, the tongue, t- the tanner um, tongue, the tanner tongue will you know awaken some <laughs> confidence and I mean, sexual it would, healing. It would be sexual <laughs> healing. That's where it is. 
I was going to sing and then I stopped because oh, good. nobody needs that. But yeah, going back to these charter guests, they're just grim. And he is so yeah. horrible to Simone. And again, it's like, you know, I don't want to bang on about it, but it's it's just so inappropriate to make somebody feel that uncomfortable. Absolutely. And she's very obviously uncomfortable. Like there's no, like you couldn't read the signs. Like he knew what he was doing. And I feel like it's a gross, like misuse of kind of that power dynamic on the boat, even just guests and people who are working for well, you. That's a huge power shift because of course yeah. these guests are like the, these, the staff are employed. They have to, do, their job, especially on this yacht is to do everything that these guests ask like there is no right. no so i mean we saw ashton stripping right so to put her in a position where she all of a sudden has to kind of like to put her in that position where she can't say no because her job is to say yes yeah is so wrong on so many levels and it makes her feel uncomfortable and it and i found that really icky yeah i i totally agree it whole bunch of ickiness yeah whole bunch of ickiness and then of course we find out that um also can we just talk about the snapshot moment we had of captain lee topless because i don't know if you caught that but i (laughs) oh i i love him i know i wish he loved us back i know god i I can't believe you just reminded me of that i know i'll let it go never again if you weren't if you haven't listened before then you just need to know that Captain Lee followed us on Instagram and then swiftly unfollowed us, which was the most <laughs> brutal thing I think that's ever happened to he either He gives it and he takes it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, oh, it's giving me a hot flush. Um, oh, goodness. Okay, so, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But I think the, it's also worth talking about the fact that Riley is back. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes next episode. I can't believe... He's brought her back. I feel like out of all the female deckhands that we've seen, I mean, I don't think she was worse than Abby, but oh, I, I mean, don't. I she's going to set the boat on fire. I think Riley was a good deckhand. Like, yeah, she was strong and she got the job. But I think um, emotionally, she's a box mad as a box of frogs. And you can yeah. already see from the teasers for the rest of the episode, she, right? She threw the fireworks in there, but of course they brought her in because actually. I think the boat was too nice. I think everybody was right. getting along too well. <laughs> and it was going to be a really long season of just everybody Absolutely. having Everyone being cigarettes polite. outside. Yeah. No, we, it's, it, we need people to start getting real. Like, you know. We need some fucking fire on that boat. And Riley is going to bring it without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Did you ever watch... Um, Oh, what was the MTV reality show? It was like real one world? of the very first ones. The real world where like people stop being polite and start getting real. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but um, but it's a long time ago. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, it was like the first reality show that I watched. Also, to be um, fair, my mum and dad never had satellite TV, so if I watched uh, MTV, it was always at my friend's house. My, like, we literally only had four channels until I was about 14, and then we got five. Yeah. That was, Sorry. That was it. Um, okay. Moving on to the OC. Well, well, before well before oh. we move on, I think we do need to talk about like Kevin crossing the service line and oh, yes. just this constant power struggle between him and Kate. And 
I think it's going to end badly for him because I think Kate is good at her job and he just needs to be really good at his and not try to mix the two. Well, and this power struggle comes from his side entirely. Like Kate doesn't give a shit. Like she's just getting on with her job, but he's really threatened by her. And he's a fool because actually her and Captain Lee have a long, long standing relationship. And Captain Lee really doesn't like Kevin. So if I was Kevin, I would be getting on Kate's good side. Yeah, I'd pay attention to that. I mean, obviously, you know, he knows which corner, you know, Captain Lee is in. Like, he makes no bones about it. Yeah, he's just being he's he's just being a wank puffin and I just can't deal with this kind of dick swinging thing that he's got going on and I think he just needs to recognize cuz actually he's a really great chef. Yeah, when he's focused on his job. Yeah, when he's focused on his job and he's only got one job. Yeah, he's one job. He's got one job, which is to turn up and cook food 3 times a day. That's yeah. it. Just do that and let Kate get on with her stuff. Yeah, it'll all be fine if you just let it go. But in a battle between Kate and Kevin, Kate is going to win hands down every time. 100%. Okay, so the OC. Yeah, it's a big one. Well, is it a big one? We found that there was like not that much going on in quite a few of the episodes this week, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if it's because we've been doing this now for a little while, so maybe I'm being more discerning in the notes that I take, but I don't have pages and pages on any yeah. of the housewives this week. Um so I think the real big one is that we see is the Kelly and Tamara situation. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. I think this is a case of women being at their very, very worst. And actually, this is when, because of our insecurities and our lack of confidence and all of this stuff that goes on, when what Kelly and Tamara should do is just fucking call each other up, have a conversation without screaming at each other, which obviously already I know this is not possible. Right. and just sort that shit out. Instead, it's like they are lining up for battle. It's like they are figuring out who's on what side. And and Emily has it absolutely right. She says that there's a line that's been drawn in the sand and you have to decide which side you're on. And that right. is so unreasonable. Well, and it's damaging. It's so damaging to all of the other interpersonal relationships between all these other people. It's like forcing your friends to pick sides is going to do nobody any favors. No, it's going to end badly. And I think as well, like, just, I can respect somebody having beef with somebody else, and I can like both of those people. Right. And I might have an opinion on it, but I'm sure as hell going to keep it to myself. And I'm just right. going to say, look, you guys, it's it's between you two. I love you both. If you need me to do anything for either of you, I will do it, but don't put me in the middle. No, I totally agree. And I feel, I feel really bad for Shannon when she's having this conversation with Kelly, and she's really telling the truth about the conversation, but it's been filmed by some other third party and Kelly's going to believe that. And I think there's a real problem with not just taking a beat and properly listening. I mean, looking at Kelly in that conversation though, like just looking at her, she's like, she's intense. She's obsessed. She's raging, but she's like, it's, it's, you can see that when Kelly is onto something, there is no letting it go. She is going to see it through until it crashes in a ball of flames. 
Absolutely. She's not putting the brake on at all. And so Shannon, I think, quite quickly realizes that. She's like, there's nothing I can do. And the irony is that, that I don't think Tamara was defending her, but she certainly was suggesting that perhaps people were piling on Kelly at the time. It was right. taken out of context. But um, but Kelly is, she's a rolling stone right now and there is nothing that can stop her. No, I totally agree. Um, but- another thing I feel bad for Shannon with is this horrendous divorce. Oh, David is being such a cock. Like, I have no idea how after you've been married to someone for 17 years, you've had an affair, you've blown up this relationship to then expect to not have to contribute financially to this woman who has raised your children while you've been off building a business is fucking beyond. And you know what? I get the, the point of the law. Like I get the point right. of the law that if you've got an established business and you marry somebody and then you divorce them, then perhaps you can protect that business. And I understand that for these people that get married like that marry old rich men and stay married right. for five years and then get divorced. That makes yeah. perfect sense. But this was a 17-year marriage. This right. wasn't like a flash in the pan. She married a wealthy guy. Like no. he had nothing when she married him. And then he made, a, like this was 17 years that she they didn't They built the work. business together. Yeah, I don't care who owns the business. If you are married to a small business owner, you've had some sort of hand in helping build that business, whether it's been having people at your house or, you know, connecting them to people that you know. Like you're not in that business alone, especially if you've decided that your wife is going to stay home and raise the children. Like this is a joint, dis- like, decision that you have come to at some point in your marriage where she's going to do this, you're going to do that. She can't leave that relationship with nothing. No. And it's, and what do you, what does she, like the fact that she's even making, building a business and making money right now is amazing. But if she didn't have the ability to do that or the the resources to do that, what kind of job is she supposed to get? She's been out of the workplace for 17 years looking after the children while he goes off to the, to, to work like it, it, what how is this okay it's not okay I mean I don't even understand how it gets to the point where your divorce has to go to trial because most divorces do not go to trial they're settled yeah. they're done like going to trial for a divorce is a pretty rare thing from what I understand um and not even fighting about custody. It's not like David wants to see the girls more or any sort of thing like that. He is fighting her over money, which I think is pretty disgusting. I I, I mean, I agree. And I think this is all about money. And it's not so yeah. much that, I mean, of course, oh, sorry. Of course, we could all argue that Shannon can make her own money and she has enough money and it is what it is. Right. But that isn't the point. The point is that he was able to make a fuck ton of money because she supported him, covered all the shit that he didn't do, right? looked after him, and it's just not okay that he's going to try right. and wriggle his way out of this because also, what about his daughter? Like, this is what drives me insane. Yeah. Like, how is he not thinking, do you know what? We've got two daughters. What is What is the worst that can happen if I give the mother of my children some fucking money? Like, yeah. How is he looking his kids in the eye and saying, "I am not giving your money any mother, uh, your your mother any money"? How is that? Right, just, right. I just don't understand it. 
Well, and I'm even thinking, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but even if you think of this as like a PR issue for him, like if you're the owner of a business who is in construction and builds houses for families, you are coming off as the worst family person of all time. Yeah. How do you think that's helping your business? And then these naked pictures of him and like his girlfriend on his girlfriend's Instagram account, which is so foul. Like, I just feel like, David, you are not thinking this through properly. You are being a disgusting human being. And the ramifications of it are going to be huge. Like, regardless if it's money that you've been, you've lost or whatnot, your reputation will be damaged by the way you are conducting yourself. And even if you don't give a shit about your business re- professional reputation, right. what about the way that your kids look at you? Because that, well, that should be most important. Is the most yeah. important thing. And if my dad was doing that and I I would have real problems with my dad. Yeah. I I think for for very good reason as well and I don't know. Yeah. It, it, he's just gross. Well, we've all got a little flushed in the cheeks there, haven't we? We I know. Quite, we took that quite personally. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I really hope that, I really hope that it works out for a trial. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we could research this and find it out. But we, you, when, I'm sure as we'll you find know, out we're later. Not very much into research. Um, no, and I kind of like finding out on the show. Like, I don't want to go and research a whole bunch of stuff that I'm just going to hear about on the next episode because it doesn't make watching enjoyable for me. I'm sure we'll find out what's happened. Yeah. If okay. not during the show, during the reunion. You're absolutely right. I think I'd just like to touch before we move on on Bronwyn's weaning party because apparently that's a thing. Yeah, I didn't get that memo. I didn't get that memo. I would have loved to have a weaning party. I mean, my weaning party, especially after the first time, was more just like sobbing over the fact that I'd had to give a formula because it basically was a made me to feel right. like it was a combination of tequila, cocaine, and dung beetles. So it wasn't very <laughs> exciting for me. No. Um, but... But I mean, I suppose when you've been pregnant and or nursing for twenty years, yeah. I mean, I get. I her get boobs that. look phenomenal. Yeah, well, her they're boobs not real, look phenomenal. Megan. Well, but she's just stopped breastfeeding. No, but they're not real. It doesn't matter. Just- I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they do surgery while you're nursing. I don't know. I think you can nurse when you've got fake boobies. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. A friend of mine had a reduction and kind of messed everything up. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment because I have no idea what goes into getting a boob job, having them fixed or whatever. I mean, I think she looks phenomenal for having that many children for that many years. She does look amazing, whether it's fake or not. It, lo- and, it all looks And don't good. get me wrong, I have nothing against fake boobs. Like, if I could no. afford a pair, I'd probably have a very subtle little... Right, right. I think I would do a lift before putting anything in. I don't know. I'd I rather don't... mine just be up there. Yeah. Rather I know. than down I mean, there. I definitely... That's the biggest issue for me, is that they're yeah. down sort of by my knees. I'd rather they were a bit more up. I, do up. you know what the dream is to be able to just not have to wear a bra? Oh, yeah. I think that's everybody's dream. Yeah. But anyway, she looks great. Yeah. There's no denying it. And I do, you know, and I get that you can celebrate 20 years of pregnancy and yeah. nursing. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk about Vicky's response to Bronwyn because Vicky says while they're getting their makeup done, <sighs> oh, she really likes herself as if it's a terrible thing. And this is what yeah. I find so interesting about Vicky is that all of her negative sides come from her deep, deep, deep insecurities. And actually, right. I think Vicky could be 
a really super lovely, cool girl if she would just be cool with herself and cool with other people being cool with themselves. Absolutely. she feels really threatened by the confidence that Bronwyn has. And it's not an, it's not a malicious thing. It comes across that way, but it's, yeah. it's deep rooted insecurity. And I just want to tell Vicky to just fucking love herself because she's awesome. Right. She ha- and and for me, I'm like you have built an incredible like Vicky has built a pretty amazing company on her own. She has, you know, family, she has grandkids, she has all of these things that she should be super grateful about and proud of herself for growing and building and maintaining and she should be happy, you know, she's in this lovely relationship with this man that makes her feel so good. She needs to cut the judgmental bullshit just out of her vocab, because I agree with you. I think she could be an incredible friend, an incredible supporter of strong women, an incredible role model for a lot of people if she could just love herself a little bit. I and I think that's where she needs what she needs to work on it's is loving herself. Such insecurity and and such a lack of self-esteem. And I just want to tell her that she's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, because it that it was that one line when she was like, oh, she really likes herself. And it just all became so clear to me. And I was like... Right. Like, babe, we should all feel that way about ourselves. Vicky, you should, you should really like yourself. Yeah. She's nailing yeah. it. I don't like how, how judgy she gets about strippers. Like, I just feel yeah. she just turns on this judgmental mode and shuts down. And yeah, that, I again, that, that, that comes from the inside. Yeah. She's like, I don't need no stinking sex swings. Really? I think it could be kind of fun. If my ceilings were lighten high up, enough, lady. If my ceilings yeah. were high, high enough, I'd totally do a sex swing. Yeah, lighten up. Let's go to where the ladies are a little bit lighter in New Jersey. Okay, great. Um, yes, Melissa's turns 40. I'm just going to fangirl over her because she's gorgeous. She's, she's literally probably one of the most beautiful humans. I think to look at, she's just perfect. Yeah. And that yeah. jumpsuit... Phenomenal. Just, she looked amazing. She really did. And I mean, I think ultimately, like, her soul is pretty as well. I think she really just wants people to get along and have a good time and live their lives. And I I think she's great. And I liked the little sort of chat we had with her about turning 14, how much she changed over 10 years, because I think it's so true. She suddenly, she's really found her confidence. And she can say to Teresa, Nobody tells me how to talk to my husband, not even you. Like right. she's really found that strength Her to voice. be super kind, but to also have boundaries. And she's as sorted as they come. And no wonder Joey Gorga has a smile on his face. Absolutely. And I mean, you can you can grow and love yourself and be kind, but still not take shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. She's nailed it. Yeah. She's got the balance of that. Perfectly. And I think it comes from just being able for her to be very grateful for the stuff that she has and to recognize that. And it's not always a need to have more. It's just, I'm fucking lucky every day. And I think she really gets that. Yeah. Speaking of people who are super grounded, can we just give a massive big up to Gia and Gabriella for being some of the most grounded, insightful, wise teenage girls I've ever had the pleasure of watching on the television? I 100% agree. And I find it so just interesting that these kids come from such crazy bitches because because they didn't get this from their mamas. 
No. <laughs> Where the fuck they got this from, nobody knows. But fuck me if Gia and Gabby aren't the most grown-up people on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And watching Gabby, who, who is significantly younger than Gia, try yeah. to explain to her mum, who, by the way, is behaving like a brat, yeah. that what she needs to do with no buts or excuses is apologise because actually... Yeah what she did hurt Jackie's feelings. And it doesn't matter what she intended to do. It doesn't right. matter that she intended it as a joke. If the fact that on the other side of it, Jackie is hurt, then you accept that, you apologize, and you move the fuck on. Yeah, I think the wisest thing she said was like, are you there to defend or to apologize? And that's what you have to decide. And if you're there to apologize, you can't defend your behavior. It's one or the other. And I've never heard that before, but I was like, holy shit, that makes a fuckload of sense. Yeah. Like, well done, Gabby. Well yeah. done. You're if, just... If you are apologizing, the only words you need to say are, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like this you is the apology podcast, the apology episode of the podcast. <laughs> you imagine? Um, Everybody just apologize and own your well, shit. <laughs> well, you know what? That's really fucking good advice. Um, yeah. But then, and Gia as well, just super smart. She's like, well, why don't you just say to Margaret, I've got you and you're my friend, but if there's four people against one, I'm probably going to stand up for her a bit. Yeah. And Teresa was like, oh my God. I never, <laughs> I never even thought, thought of that. that. <laughs> but at least she was, at least she's self-aware enough to go, yeah. what I would have done is just rolled in there like a bitch. And actually she did take her daughter's advice and she did yeah. go to Margaret and handled it brilliantly beautifully said, with a I smile i think we saw kind teresa in that moment there was a smile there was grace and i was like girl we know you're in there we know that graceful lovely kind woman is in there lead with that lead yeah. with that girl yeah because the and aggressive stabby bitchy side of you is not pretty or friendly no it really isn't but she but I just thought it was so interesting that the girls were the ones that really stood up. Yeah. And going, and you know, Jennifer and Jackie, like we've talked about this before, Jennifer was wrong. And yeah. she finally went over for the apology. And, you know, Dolores and was it Margaret? Yeah. We're like yeah, yeah. coaching her through it, like just say sorry and stop. Like less is more, no buts, yeah. no whatever. Like exactly what her daughter had said. And she was butting all over the freaking place. She really was. Bless her, bless her soul. But at least she butted at the beginning and she did finally end with, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And because Jackie's so good for a Jackie. Decent, she's a decent human, right? Yeah. She just took it and she was like, good, it's done. She didn't listen to the beginning. She just heard the end and was like, good, we're done. It's fine. But what I cannot get over is the one-uppedness of Jennifer. Ugh. Like, at your friend's 40th birthday party, you were going to choose that time to be like, oh, for my birthday, I'm paying for you all to go to Jamaica. And I mean, you're, you're not paying. No, she says she puts her husband's, I put my husband's money where my mouth is. And I think she puts her mouth on her husband to get the money. Yeah, well, that's exactly, well, that's, that's what happened. Let's face it. That's exactly the case. Um, but yeah, she, you're right. And she's always been that way, though. Stuff for Jennifer <sighs> is important. Status for Jennifer is important. Money for Jennifer. Yeah. She has to have the biggest house, the most toilets. The How many is it? 16 or something, whatever it is. It's, <sighs> yeah. That's what's important to her. So, And Melissa isn't going to get feisty about it. She's like, No, Fine. she just let it go. She's taking me to Jamaica. It's fine. Yeah. 
greatest um, way to handle that. Yeah, totally. I still think I love just briefly before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about Joe and Teresa because you all know I love Joey Gorga. I love yes. him. And Joey, if you're listening, I love you. But I think you, you need to give Teresa a little more credit than you're giving her because it really annoyed me when he's talk- she's having this pool installed and he's talking about how he's worrying about her spending all this money and she's got kids in college and he doesn't think she's making the right choices. And I'm just thinking, do you know what? She's, she's single-handedly managed this family, supported this family for four years. Yeah. She's, she's kept them. She has made it as stable as possible for these kids, despite what her husband's done. And I think if she wants to spend fifty dollars or $60,000 on installing a pool, I think we should all just fucking give her the credit and let her do it. Absolutely. This is a little touch of the old Joey G, like, you know, trying to be the man and trying to fix things and kind of butt in where, quite frankly, she doesn't need you to be. Like, you just need to support and move on. Yeah, I mean, single women... These guys just don't really get, there aren't that many of them around. You know what I mean? Like right. even Dolores isn't allowed to be single. Like for the brief, <laughs> for the for the moments in time when David's not there, like Frank's her husband, right. like single women just don't exist in this world. So Teresa is kind of an anomaly and Joey just can't, it's a little bit of the old traditional Italian. Yeah, yeah. Can't quite believe that she's, she's going to make all the right choices. Like right. she doesn't have a man to help her make them. So She's being yeah. a bit flighty. She's fine, Joey. Back she's off. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jersey, yeah, Jersey, I think it was all about the kids this time. I thought they were ace. Absolutely. Those strong ass women. Let's head and over, then, I guess. Uh, are we done with New Jersey? Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. Let's, let's go on to uh, Dallas and Thailand again. Yeah, back into Thailand. Um, again, I think that, that, that this was very much about two things. I think it was about Carrie and Leanne, but actually I think it was about Leanne and and the dress gate, but it all ties in together. Absolutely. Um, I was really impressed with how well they were all kind of getting along in the very beginning and like Cameron reading the rules, which, yeah, she's kind of a dick, but I kind of uh, enjoyed those rules because I literally wrote down, down, tie jail is eminent Uh for all of these women. Yeah, they're going down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's very hard for me to not find Cameron annoying. I know. Um, I mean, I, I get it. She was actually fairly normal in this. She kind of yeah, went back we'll give to her where that. she started at the very beginning. Like, cute, right. cute little ditzy VTs with a little bit of humor. And and then when the whole gate dress gate thing kicked off, she was, I thought, quite measured. And, Agreed. And, you know, quite honest. And I think... Speaking of Dressgate, I think two of the most fiery competitors were the most measured, calm discussers of the issue at the table. So I think we need to give mad props to Cameron and Brandy for holding it together at the table. When we've seen those two go at it together, they were both on the same side, and that made for a very strong, calm, powerful moment between the two of them. I agree, and I think as well that... um, the whole thing was set up. I think Carrie and Leanne have are doing a little bit what Kevin and Kate are doing. This it's a pissing right. contest, but essentially Carrie isn't afraid to stand up to Leanne, and I appreciate that because nobody else is calling Leanne out on her shit because right they've been there, they're bruised, they're battered. They just it's easier to let it go. So I can appreciate what she's doing. 
And I do think Leanne is kind of a dick to Carrie as well. So I get it. But I think she and Deandra timed and called this whole dress thing really badly. Yeah, like I appreciate Deandra wanting to make light of it and think it's a joke, but I 100% do not believe that was the intention. Their relationship isn't even at that point yet Yeah, to where jokes can be made between the two of them, and she knows that. Like, I think this was gross. I think it was gross too, and I also think it was foolish because I know Leanne, and I think she's given Leanne the perfect excuse to beat this now with to death. Yeah. Like this yeah. is never going to go away. Leanne is Leanne is going to use this because this is one of the rare times where actually Leanne is in the right and she's not being and she's not wrong. And Deanna no. has played her hand so badly that yeah. that this is going to come back to haunt her time and time again. Well, and I give Leanne a lot of credit for really holding it together at that table. And I think if they had just come out done the little joke, and then moved on to something else, it would not be an issue. But they wanted it to be an issue. And they kept going on and on and on about it. And it it was just cruel, and it was not fun to watch. And, yeah. I agree. It it was just gross to me. They just wanted a rise, and she wouldn't give it to them. I do think once she realized that the tide of support was on her side and then we see her sobbing and sobbing about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think, okay. It like, went on a little much. Like, let's, like, you've already got the support. We don't need to make this into the big dramatic yeah, thing. Right. Um, but I, I think Deandra has played this badly. And I also think Deandra is letting Carrie sweep her along with mm-hmm. with this kind of nasty Leanne-ness. You know yeah, that I mean? really bothers me about Deandra because I'm like, girl, you know when it's when it's right or wrong. Like, I think this is a convenient excuse for you. Like, now that Carrie's pissed off at her too, you're happy to kind of ride this and try to make it look like you're trying to be funny and cute and friendly and you're fucking not. We all know you're not. It's fine that you're not. Just be okay with that you're not. Yeah, and I can, you know, I can understand. Deandra's not feeling Leanne right now. Okay, Leanne's being yeah. very judgy, especially about things like her drinking. Right. Um, and and that was very nasty and uncomfortable in the last episode. Yeah. So I think just with that in mind, it's it's not the right time to start yeah. making these jokes. But also, this is Leanne's business, and I yeah. am very much like hit on me, take the piss out of me. But come after my business and my yeah, livelihood. No. Then business it's not and kids, okay. not on the table. It's like, not okay. Those are two things you can't touch. No. G- agreed. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they've, re- I mean, if imagine this. If Leanne had come out with some night cream, day cream of Deandra's and gone, look, it doesn't even work. I still look 103. Right. That would not have gone down well either. So I think. No. I hope that Deandra can look, because it feels so glaringly obvious. I hope Deandra can look at this and go, you know what? I I fucked up. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting next week where we probably will get the sight of Carrie and Deandra in the hotel room talking about what just happened. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be interesting. But, uh, and and I think honestly, this is all really disrespectful to Stephanie who has put this together who just wants to have like a nice dinner. I think she's done a great job planning the trip, done really great things for the girls. And it's just like, this kind of behavior is just disrespectful. 
Yeah, I agree. And and not to mention to the Thai people who don't like teasing or joking. Or whispering or fighting in public. Or beating up on the king. Yeah. So, um, also, can we just do the song? Is it Thailand? Yeah, I don't, Thailand, I don't even want to sing it. It drives me insane. It's a baby elephant. Yeah, it doesn't rhyme. It's not a song. No. I like, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm not having it. But it's, it's, it's in my but head. But you did it well. Yeah. Thanks. Well, it, it would have to be in your head after watching that episode where they've <laughs> done it a million fucking times. <laughs> Listen, for me, it's the best thing Cameron's come up with all season. So I, yeah. I, I'm going to, even I can just see the look of disgust on Reagan's face. Right <laughs> She's like that. Yeah. I'll let you give that to her. <laughs> also, it was driving me insane. And I also think it's like a bit racist. <laughs> Oh, it's it's hugely racist. Yeah, it, I mean, not as racist as uh, as I mean, Leanne goes pretty dark on the. Oh yeah, she goes very dark, and that's, and that's the not thing okay with either. Once she sees yeah. red, there's no boundaries for her. No, no, she just keeps going. Just keeps on going. It's yeah. dark. Um. Anyway, we we got through that. That's everything. That's everything. We'll be at the Elephant Sanctuary next week. <laughs> Where I'm sure we're going to hear more of the horrendous song. Um, But yeah, we hope uh, you guys enjoyed all the episodes as we did. Um, I'm really sorry if I offended any Thai people with my rendition of the song. No, you're fine. I'm just not joining in for it. (laughs) Reagan left me out, hung me out to dry. That being said. It's fine, I'll take it. Um, So we'll (laughs) be back next week with the same stuff. Have we got... Do we have any idea when Million Dollar Listing LA is starting? No, they still haven't released it, so we'll see. We'll just keep our eyes out for you um, and let you guys know as soon as we do. Or if you have some inside track and want to let me know, let us know. DM us, email us, do all that good stuff that you'll hear about at the end of the podcast, and um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, and if you think, by the way, that we said anything wrong or that you disagree or you you want to catch... I mean, don't be a dick about it. You yeah. Know, we don't like trolls. But be we're kind. perfectly happy to have constructive criticism discussion. So always feel free to email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com because um, the more stuff we get, the more we'll read about it. We'll talk about it on the show next week. Absolutely. Send us your thoughts and ideas. We'd love to include you in our chat. So until then, I hope you have a lovely week and we'll see you on the other side. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.